Turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 24. If I didn't say that already, Matthew chapter 24. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word today and we thank you for your wonderful people. We thank you for ministering to each part today. Lord, that we'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 24, and let's read in verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. <clears throat> and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. How many know that we are in the last of the last days? Now, maybe you've heard that all your life. But one thing is sure, that we're closer than we've ever been. The Bible tells us over in Acts chapter 2, in fact, if you want to turn over there, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 signifies that we are in the last days. Acts chapter 2, verse 16 says this, but this is that, and of course this was right after they heard them speak with tongues, they looked like they were drunk. As I've said before, you have to do more than just talk in another language for people to accuse you of being drunk. So they had these other demonstrations going on. Peter stands up and says this in verse 15, for these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters drink prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we see here that even when Peter last day is, is relaying, and so aside, he says in the talking about that we are in the last day. So, that was 2,000 years ago. So if we were in the last days 2,000 years ago, we are in the last grains coming through the hourglass. And so there are signs today, and the facts point to that Jesus' return is very imminent. And so last week we talked about the reality of heaven and hell. We must live our lives with this perspective. And this purpose, that I'm living for an eternal perspective. You know, we talked, when we talked last week about heaven and hell, do you know that how many people, and, and of course they, I forget how many they say, three people a second or, that's 12 people that died right there on the planet. 
And so eternity should be a perspective. You know, that's one thing that we do in this church is make sure that people are ready, but they also do things that's going to reflect. You know, it's important, I think, that people know I can have rewards when I get to heaven. People say, well, you know, I'm not real interested in, in having any. Well, you will be when you don't. Amen. Every person can be fruitful and every person can receive. Thank you, Lord. And so the Bible tells us that we are not our own. That that whether we live or die, we shall live unto the Lord. And so actually the, the more you realize that, the happier you'll be. And you just submit to the Lord. You know, one thing that I've learned, it's like I heard a minister say this one time that he said after years and years, he said, I just... I don't make a whole lot of plans with certain things. He said, why? Because you're going to have to die to it anyway. He said, I just want the Lord to form my plans and let him lead me and guide me. Because you make your own plans, I'm going to do this. And then the Lord said, no, I want you to do this. You end up having to die to that. It's, just, it's better to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what is your will for my life? And so we're not our own. Whether we live or die, we live unto the Lord. And so there are characteristics from the scriptures that show us that we are in the last days. So I want to speak this morning about signs of the last days. Signs of the last days. And it's not my prerogative and my aim to tell you who the Antichrist is. We don't know. I'm not here to tell you about the, the false prophet today or Armageddon. But I want to show you from Scripture what the Bible says that and things that we need to guard against that we don't have these traits in our lives. Things that we're going to see. And it's very obvious, especially the last few years. It seems like there's been an acceleration even this year. Stuff that you never heard of before. You're seeing these things. Talking about the last days. But I want you to go back to our text at Matthew chapter 24. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 24 He's saying here that as the days of Noah, so it will be when Jesus comes back. So what they said they were marrying, giving in marriage. So what does that mean? They went about their their normal day and didn't even know, it said, until the floods came and took them away. You know, people can be so oblivious to their plight. Not even realizing there's an eternity ahead of them. And here he says, they knew not, in verse 39, until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. We see the same things today. People are unaware of spiritual things. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Verse 42, watch therefore... For you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and not suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler 
over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. You know, we, we said this last week about, you know, all you have to do to miss heaven is, is not give your life to Jesus. You can be a good person, but there's people that they're taken up with the cares of life. They make no spiritual plans. Eat, drink, be merry. Let's just have fun and, and let's not think about those spiritual things. But there's coming the day when every person's going to stand before the Lord. He said, so that's what he's saying. My Lord delays his coming. He shall begin to smite his fellow servants and eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him. So one of the things we always see in Scripture is this. Always having an expectation, a looking. Looking for the coming of the Lord. Looking for Jesus. Why? Because if you're not looking for him, you're not going to make any preparations. And he says he's going to come when he looks not for him and in an hour he's not aware of and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So I want you to turn over to the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 3. And I want to just show you further What's going to happen? What's, what's the sign that we're in the last days? You know, it's a, it's a, the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. God's not angry like some people think he is. But there is coming a day when the grace of God, we are what what's called the age of grace right now. But there's coming a time when there will be judgment. Why? Because it's set. You know, God, God has no pleasure that, that they're unrighteous in their demise. God is not some sick ruler that just stands up there and just, you know, rubs his hand together like, no, it, it grieves the Lord. And so it should, it should us also, and that's why we, the Bible says um, here in 2 Peter as well, it says that he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But look in verse 1, 2 Peter 3, 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days. Everyone say last days. Scoffers. So that's something we see today, don't we? Scoffers. Walking after their own lust. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of all creation. Hold your place there. I'm just going to flip over to 1 John 3, just a page over couple pages over he says here in first john 3 verse 1 behold what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of god therefore the world knows us not because it knew him not beloved now are we the sons of god and it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is now look at verse 3 and every man that hath this hope in him. 
What hope? The hope that when Jesus returns, you're going to be just like him. Every man that hath his hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Now, we know that the Holy Spirit does the work in our life, but you know, the Bible talks about you doing certain things. He said, you do this, you make yourself pure. I believe it's 2 Corinthians 7, 1. It says, having therefore these promises, dear beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear and the reverence of God. So I want you to notice, though, when you have an understanding that Jesus is coming back and that Jesus is, is, is you're going to answer to him when he's coming back and you're going to be like him, it purifies you. But when we look at here in Peter, turn back there, Second Peter, those that mock and are not looking for his coming, what do they do? It says they're walking after their own lust. So it's a purifying hope, the Bible says, when you look and know that Jesus has come back. What if you knew Jesus was coming back this afternoon? Would that, would that alter what you did? I mean, what if the Lord said, okay, in 12 hours I'm coming back. I mean, I'd get, I'd get on the rooftop with a, with a microphone. And, and I mean, I'd, I'd just go rent all the, the equipment I could and we'd just shout it out. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. So that's how we have to live. But if you don't have that realization, oh, he's coming back one day, you know. Yeah, I've heard that for 40 years. But that's what they say. Where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of by the word of God. The heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Now we're talking about even before Noah. We're talking, there was, the Bible talks about two floods. Uh, Noah's flood, but also there was one before then, and we won't get into that. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that the one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. <clears throat> the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But his long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So no, no matter who the person is, no matter what kind of life they live, God's will is they all be saved. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Someone says, you... Um, you believe in global warming. It goes a lot further than that. It's global melting. <laughs> Everything's going to be dissolved. Look at verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwells righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, look at this, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace. So what, what happens is the scoffers and the mockers, they're not diligent about anything. 
you know, hey, you know, yeah, we heard that one day and, you know, but it's just like the 10 virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. Five were ready to stay the whole night. The other five, you know, it's okay, you know, we'll be all right. And then when what happened is when the time came for them to, to go in, oh, we need some more. Can, let's borrow of you. He said, not so. Let's ours go out too. But go and sell. And the Bible says when they went, then the bridegroom, the bridegroom came in at midnight. Now, I've never been to a wedding where, the, you know, it was like those kind of hours. So, you know, maybe they weren't expecting it. And so they weren't ready. So be diligent that you may be found to him in peace without spot and blameless. Some people say, well, you know, that's, that's not even possible. But God said it is. You, you can live your life. I don't care what your past is. You can now be blameless. Blameless. To where no, nothing that you did, but you received Jesus as Lord and Savior. He washed you, he cleansed you, he, he made your past. He threw in the depths of the sea, the Bible says. You can stand up unashamed, boldly, as the righteousness of God in Christ. There's therefore now no condemnation, no, not one. Condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Any bit of condemnation in your life is, is death. It works death in your members, the Bible says. So how much condemnation should you have today? None. Everyone say none. Well, you know, I just feel bad. It makes me feel better that I, that I really care about my sin. No. You know, that, that's called Pride. That, that I'm going to do something. I'm going to add to the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus was not enough. I got to throw my pitiful works in there and, and, and pay penance. No, you, you, I don't care what you did. You, you, and you should feel bad. You should have a remorse, but you, you confess it. And, and Father, I, I repent of that. I confess it. And Lord, I received my forgiveness and I thank you now I'm washed in the blood. And the devil hates that. And like I say all the time, you're either forgiven or you're not. You're either cleansed or you're not. So you, you can lift up your head. You can pray. You can minister. You know why? If I'm right with God, why would I ever be afraid to be around another person? I can walk in the throne of God Almighty, but I'm just going to be like this around other people. No. <laughs> God's greater than any man. It's like the one man that was... Uh, this king wanted to come visit him and he was a prayer and uh, he made him wait. <laughs> he said, I have an audience with the king right now. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. So this, this king on the earth, he can wait. You know, he, he can just take a few minutes and just chill. But notice what he says here. Verse 15, an account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood. Even Peter, who walked with Jesus, some of the things that Paul said, he said, you know what, some of it's kind of hard to understand. But at least he said he knew it was scripture. Which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, to their own destruction. What he's talking about is people that twist the scripture to their own destruction. Look at verse 17. You therefore, beloved, seeing that you know these things before. 
So to be forewarned is to be what? Forearmed, right? Seeing that you know these things before, beware lest you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. What does that mean? If people criticize you for being on fire, then they just need, they're the ones wrong. <laughs> they need to get on fire. You know, if people say, you know, you just need to tone it down. You just need to say, no, I'm just going to crank it up a little bit. You, you need to be radical. Don't let other people, there's always going to be a wet blanket that wants to, you know, put the fire out, but don't let people do it. Amen. If it gets too hot in the kitchen, just turn on the fan. Don't get out of the kitchen. So he says, beware lest you also being led away with the air of the wicked. Don't fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And this originally was going to be my text, but this we see a perfect description of what the end days and the last days are like. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Hard times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own self. So let's look at this. Number one, he says, people, that's not just men, that's mankind, shall be lovers of their own selves. Is that a picture of the day we live in now? People that love their life, but don't even realize, it's just like, you ever been going down the road and realize that some people don't even know there's other people on the highway? I mean, I know, I know especially some of the professional drivers in the room, uh, you guys see this all the time, but you know, people have no clue that there's other people in the world besides them. Why? They love themselves. Everything's about me. Me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. Me, me, me. So that's one of the things we see. Now, this has always been, but we know that this is a sign of the end days. Signs of the last days. Covetous. Think there's any covetous people around? What does that mean? The Bible says, the, for the love of money is the root of all evil. The love. Other translations said this, all kinds of evil. So, so what is the, lo the love? I mean, what, what is the root? What, what's behind everything that's evil? The love of money. The love of money. Now, I, I could open a can of worms of, of all kinds of things, but when you come back to it, what does it come back to? Money. Money, 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 money. Mine, 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 mine. Why? Because that, that's what Satan. You know, Satan fell. Well, we know because of pride. And he coveted what God had. But that's something that, that part of the end days, covetousness. We have to guard against it. Like we said from Hebrews, that we should be without covetousness. Boasters, proud. You know, the Bible talks about seven things that God hates in the book of Proverbs. You know what the first one was? A proud look. So what if God looks down and sees you and you have a proud look on your face? 
What does he think about that? Well, you know, just, you know, not if it's his kids, you know, just, just the, the worldly. No, if you're a child of God and you have a proud look, he hates that. Not that he hates you, but it's not pleasing to him. Blasphemers. So, do we have any blasphemy today? People that have no regard for God, that curse God. Disobedient to parents. That's a sign. Unthankful. Unholy. Now, when you read this unthankful, this, you know, it's not just about being a good person. You know, just be thankful. You know, like you teach your kids, be thankful. But I'm sure of say this is the very, being unthankful is the very not appreciating nature of hating himself. That God's, you know, not in you. What you have, you know, and getting the pull for it. What happened is, that, is you can lose out that place. You can lose the place that God, we see all through the scripture that people that lost their place. <clears throat> I mean, we can see Esau. The Bible says that he sold his birthright for one thing, bowl of porridge. I don't, I'm not selling my birthright, but people that lost out. He says unthankful and, and go back to Romans chapter one. I know a lot of people in today's society of being politically correct. Romans one is on the ban list. But take the time to read Romans one. We're not gonna go there now for time's sake. But the Bible talks about men with men, women with women, work, working that which is unseemly. But it talks about those that were unthankful. And they, because they were not unthankful and they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge, that meant that they did have God in their knowledge at one time. Because they didn't like to retain, God gave them up to a reprobate mind. There's nothing in Scripture that ever says that you ever get out of a reprobate mind. It's a mind that's void of judgment. To me, that's a real scary place to be in because you don't know what's right and what's wrong. They didn't like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them up to a reprobate mind to work those different things that he talked about. But he talked about being unthankful. I heard Brother R.W. Schaumbach say years ago, he was reading that scripture. He was in a hotel room. He said, I just started shouting, hallelujah, praise you, Jesus. And people knocked on the door, hey, shut up over there, you know. But he, he said, once I saw that verse, you know, Deuteronomy 28, 47 says this. In fact, I'm going to turn, you just hold your place there, but Deuteronomy 28, talking about the curses of the law versus the blessing. I don't know about you, but I want the blessing today. I'm opting out for the having the um, curses. But notice 2847, he says all these different curses, and right in the middle is interjected this one phrase. Because you serve not the Lord your God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Never get to be unthankful for what you have. Never get to, to despising what you have. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, it said, he that compares himself with another is not wise. Don't ever compare yourself with the Joneses. Don't worry, they went bankrupt years ago. It's like people today. Well, you know, that person has this. Let me tell you, most people don't own anything. They have a bill that they pay every month. 
And if they, if one thing goes wrong, they're going to be underwater. You know, just the water's like, sorry, that wasn't a good sound of a uh, gurgling water. But, but that's, people don't own things. <clears throat> but be thankful for what you have. Be thankful. So that's one of the things we see as a sign of the last days. And, and so what I'm saying is all these things that we're seeing, purpose in your heart, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to be unthankful. He says unholy. Without natural affection. Truce breakers. False accusers. Incontinent. Fierce. Despisers of those that are good. You know, people call good evil and evil good. Truers. Heady. High-minded. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. When you look at this here, lovers of pleasures, it's not wrong to have things. It's just wrong for those things to have a place in your heart that God should have and where you love it more. And you know, I don't care what kind of thing you have in your life, what kind of addiction, what kind of problem, what kind of thing that can be pulling on your flesh. If you have a stronger love for God, if you have something on the inside of you that, that reaches out, you can overcome anything. I've always said this. If you have grace from God, you can overcome anything. You have more grace, you'll be able to overcome. Demas. But you know, the Bible actually most of the word demon to me, but Demas, a traveling companion in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Bible talks about Demas hath forsaken me. What did it go on to say about this, this person that traveled with Paul? Having loved this present world. He got to the place where he loved something else more than he did serving God. He loved something else more than, than being a traveling companion of Paul. Do you know that none of us are immune to this? I mean, look at, look at Solomon. The Bible says he was the wisest man, he was the richest man. But in the end of his life, the Bible says that he followed after strange women. Proverbs, there's a reason the Bible talked about when, when, when the, the worst in Proverbs, he warned his son about the strange woman. What's the, what is the lure and the attraction of the strange woman? Strange. Something, some person, something I've seen before. Something I've never seen. Cut it off. Right. Something, I, you know, what is that? What is that? Well, there's some things you don't even need to, you like your faucet. Say, no, I, I don't need to be looking at that. I don't need to be thinking about that. I don't need my eyes to go that way. I don't need to even go that way. You know, make it easy on yourself. Just when things rise up, you just say, oh, no. Uh, I'm just cut that off right now. Amen. You know, like if, if you're on a diet, there are certain places you don't want to go to, right? You know, it's, it's a lot easier to avoid the store than it is your cupboards. It's a lot easier to, to, to avoid the grocery aisle than it is going in your own kitchen. But when it's right there, it's much easier. So lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. But we, we have to purpose, Lord, I don't care what's pulling on me, I love you more. You know, there can be something that even a desire that you have to do something in life, 
that, that is coming against the call of God that's on your life, what do you have to do? Lord, you are first place and I'm going to be a force and keep you first. Then look at verse five, power there. Having a form of godliness. But I grew up in church. Now I wasn't saying I was godly, but I grew up in church. And so we went to church almost every week. Now, the 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock hours are the, the longest hour of the week to us boys. And if we could get out of it, we would. And, um, but you know, we just, that's all we knew. But I can tell you one thing, we never had any power in that church. No power. So the Bible says that you'll have people in the last days and, you know, when you start talking about the, the, uh, the prophet, the, the, the beast, uh, in the book of Revelation, it's all unite people like nothing else can. So he says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, what do you do? Go eat a meal with them. Invite them to speak at your church. He says, from such, turn away. So that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that you, you know, if someone is born again, they're going to heaven, then I can, I can fellowship with them. You know, they may not speak with tongues, I can still fellowship with them. But when people come against the Holy Ghost, you know, that tongues is, is such and such, you know, this and that, then, then you, you need not fellowship with people like that. Why? Because that, that will rub off on you. That's what people do. You know, I believe it's like Solomon. Solomon had these strange women. He probably thought, I can handle it. But you know, God had already warned him in Scripture and said, because they'll turn your heart away from him. And the Bible talks about that he even sacrificed to Ashtaroth, all these false gods. I mean, when you have that many wives anyway, you're in trouble going down a bad path anyway. <laughs> but having a form of godliness and denying the power, that's something that we see today in the end times. The book of Titus... The book of Titus. The Bible tells us in Titus 2, for the grace of God, verse 11, that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present. Looking for that blessed hope and the glory of great God in our Savior Jesus Christ. So grace of the grace of God's willingness to work in our behalf, his power and his willingness to use it on our behalf. That's the grace of God. So when grace comes into your life, grace doesn't tell you it's just okay to do anything. Grace says I'm empowering you to do what you couldn't do. And it's going to, like he says here, to deny in this present world. Because all through the church age, there was teachings that came and said, the body's important. You know, we're, it's just important what we do with our spirit. So we can do anything with the body, going to heaven. But no, the Lord says the body is important. Being sacrificed. 
presented a living sacrifice. What's, you just have to put it back on the altar. No, body, you're a living sacrifice. So he says, we're going to live this way, looking for that blessed hope. And we see this theme coming right back again. And the glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and to purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you. So one of the things we see, once again, you know, people are going to be mockers in the last days, but what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to look for his coming. Now, you know, we still have a job, right? We have a job to do. We still work. Still, <laughs> you still do the things that you have to do. But in the midst of that, you're always realizing that you're one breath away from my stepping over the other side. I want to finish over in the book of Jude. The book of Jude. Maybe your pages stick together. But I believe that this is actually looking like this is a portrayal of what the last days are actually looking like <clears throat> and how we should be on our guard all the time Jude I'm going to start in verse 3 the latter part he says you should <clears throat> earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints for there are certain men crept in unaware who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. So, you know, you know, when people preach what they call the doctrine of included, you know, ultimate reconciliation is another name. They, they think every, people righteous and unrighteous. He calls people holy and calls people filthy. He said, what is that? They turn without <clears throat> the grace of our God into lasciviousness toward God and our Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, being, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, believe in once saved, always saved. If you stay true to God, then you'll, you can decide to, to disobey. If not, then how do you have scriptures like Hebrews 6, where it talks about those that, that commit the sin unto death. The first John 5 talks about the sin of the death, what we call the unpardonable sin. That is committed by a Christian because they walk away from the Lord. And that's another story. But notice he says, and the angels, verse 6, which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. So, you know, it's not how you start out in life, it's how you finish. Well, you know, I gave my life to the Lord 40 years ago. Yeah, but what have you done the last 40 years? Skip down to verse uh, number 10. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beast. You know, the Bible doesn't pull any punches, does it? Notice he says, But what they know naturally is brute beasts, and those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, 
and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. These are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. See, some people read this and say, well, just, just walk in love, brother. Well, this is the way it is. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust. See, that's the same thing we saw in the second Peter that they would walk after their own lust. Their mouth speaks great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage, taking advantage of people. <clears throat> but beloved, remember you the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. But you, beloved, everyone say that's me. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. That's something that you and I do. You keep yourself close to the Lord. Keep yourself in the fire. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, unto eternal life. And of some have compassion making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. So when you see people that have gone the way of the Lord and, and walked with God and they're not walking with Him, it should, it should have a compelling on the inside of that you want to pull them out. That you, that you pull them out and say, hey, you know, even if, if you haven't seen anybody in a while, hey, where you been? Haven't seen you in a while. But people, you know, people that have, that we can actually call this backsliding. He says, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. You hate the things that, that they got into, but you love the person. And you say, come out of there. Pull them out of there. Verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you falling from falling and to present you faultless. See, this does away with the, the teaching that, well, you know, we just all are sinners and we just can't help but sin. You know, we just sin many times a day. I purpose in my heart that I don't. Can you say amen? Why? Because he's able to keep me from falling and to present me faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Why? Because when I'm pure, when I'm kept up, when the Lord holds me up before him as spotless, then I can have joy 
you know, when if you have things that are condemning you, you can't have joy. But when there's no condemnation, when it's you have none laced in within your spirit, you can just lift up your head and you've never arrived, but you can just say, you know, as far as I know, there's nothing between the Lord and I, nothing between my soul and the Savior, nothing to hinder the least of his favor, nothing to keep me back. There's going to be exceeding joy. Joy unspeakable, the Bible says, and full of glory, and the half has never been told. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he's able to present me faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. I never heard anybody preach on this, but it's awesome when the Lord shows you something and, and, and you, you see something for the first time. I was reading this many years ago. And not pretty. This book, how many know that the first 19 once knew God, they, the verses state these angels, they're reserved for chains of darkness. All of, through 25 talks the first 19. Then verse 20, but right in the love of that sandwich, it talks about him able to keep, maybe it's the ham part of the, your sandwich. You got the bread on both sides. Right in the middle of that is this one verse. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. That means I'm going to read that. Kind of like Brother Shaman Portis when he read that verse about being thankful. On a daily basis. Why? I don't want to go the way of the world. I want to be right in the middle. What's the key? Right in the middle. Stay in the presence of God. Keep yourself full. I'm not talking about just five minutes either. I'm talking about if you need to just get alone. I'm talking about praying hours in other tongues. Amen. It's like Brother Hagin, someone asked him one time, you know, about some of the things that happened in his life and ministry. Now, he saw the Lord just at one time. He's got a book called I Believe in Visions. And he is a man. And we thank God for the ministry that the Lord gave him. But between 1950 and 1959, Jesus appeared to him eight times. Three of the times he talked to him for an hour and a half. Well, how many know that doesn't happen all the time? But he talked about praying and what the old timers called praying through. That means like when you get a burden to pray, you pray till you pray through that burden and you have a, a joy about you, you have a, a peace about you. You know that whatever you prayed about, you got the answer. So someone asked him, said, you know, hey, Brother Hagin, how do you get there? He said, well, you know, just pray in tongues an hour, five or six. <laughs> so you, how many know that you don't just get there just because you prayed five minutes? But praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're doing those things, if you're endeavoring to live for God on a daily basis, you don't have to be worried that you're going to miss it. You don't have to be afraid that I might not make heaven. You don't have to be afraid that I'm not. That's just the enemy. He's given that to all of us. He's, he's tried that with every one of us. So today, live for God. Live on fire. Let him do a work on the inside. And, and just because he did a work once, we want him to continually do a, a work 
Every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Let him do a work. Let the fire of God just burn on the inside. And then stay pure and live ready for his return. So no matter what these people are doing out there, they can be scoffing, they can be mocking. We're going to be the light, and the light is not to be put under a bushel. Hey, do you, you go to that church down there that speaks in tongues? Yeah. Let me show you. You know, you, you guys go down to that church and you believe in healing. Yeah, we sure do. You know, we're not ashamed of the gospel, the Bible says. For it is the power of God. So I'm not going to, you know, you sing that song about this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Well, it's not just a little light. It's a flame. And I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let the world see it. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Father, we bless you today. We thank you. The Lord, even though we are in the last of the last days, the Lord, you have called us to be a light. You have called us to be a, a flame of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, we all purpose in our heart today that we'll never be the same. Lord, that even in scripture, scripture admonishes us to take heed to ourselves. So Lord, if there's anything in any, Lord, even as we're here before you, if there's anything in our lives that would, would cause us to not go forward, Father, we thank you right now that you would burn it out even now in the name of Jesus. Lord, that by your fire, you would purge and cleanse and do a work in each heart. Father, that we'll be able to stand before you on that day without shame, without embarrassment. And I thank you for doing a deep work even now. Just lift your hands right now and just let the Lord just minister to you for a couple minutes. And just tell the Lord I'm willing to do what you want me to do and just tell the Lord that, Lord, I, I, I want you more than anything. I love you more than anything. Father, we love you more than silver and gold. Lord, that no matter how much you bless us, no much how you, things are only revelation. You, you told me put you first about the churches that I have this against you. You left your first love. Lord, we return. We keep the fire burning. We keep the flame burning even today. And thank you, Lord, that we'll stand before you and hear these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And even as you're here today, I'm not going to ask anyone to come forward, but maybe just make a, you might need to make a little tweak, a little adjustment in your spirit today. And just commit yourself afresh to the Lord and just say, Lord, I'm going to start doing this more. Lord, I'm going to start praying in, in tongues more. I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and I'm going to be, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to intercede more. I'm going to worship you more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we know these are the last of the last days, but Lord, even as you said in your word, it's not a time to be depressed. It's not a time to look down, but it's a time to look up. Look up for your redemption draws nigh. 
Look up for your redemption draws nigh. And we thank you for it, Lord. We bless you and we give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) You know, you, you can look at different things and you know, certain, certain things you don't just put your head in the sand, but certain things you just don't want to know about. But, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Matt and I talk about certain things about current, current events. And, you know, you see certain things going on. To a lot of people, it would make them just throw their hands up. But like he always says, it makes me excited. <laughs> Knowing where we are. And that's the right perspective. When you look at all these things, you see the, the chess pieces being moved. You see things being aligned. I mean, seeing things maybe you've heard about for years and you're starting to see. You hear, you know, for years and years you've heard about China and Russia coming together, or you or you hear about this, or you hear about this alliance, and you see it before you. I mean, the, the Bible is more current than, than the nightly news. I mean, and it, it will stand the test of time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, who has the victory today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Use your faith with us. As you see, um, we're so thankful that we, we beat winter as much as we were able to get done and for the building. But uh, start inviting people for these meetings. And more importantly, be here yourself. Don't just invite everyone and they show up, but you don't. <laughs> Amen. You know, we, um, we've known the Eustace for many years. There for a long time, knew more of them than we did them personally. But um, anyway, they're um, a, a blessing. And it's going to be awesome because the last time we were here, we still hear testimonies of the fruit. And that's what it's about, is fruit. Amen. Not being fruity, but, but having fruit in your life, having something that remains. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, everyone stand up this morning. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for your mighty Holy Spirit. Lord, not by might nor by power, but my my spirit, saith the Lord. Lord, we know it's going to be by your spirit that things are done. Holy Spirit, we take off the brakes and we allow you to do what you want to do. To move, to touch Transform and change. We are not ashamed of you. Come have your way. Have your way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This week shall be a week of an encounter with you. Lord, it's not going to be a week of defeat, but of victory. It's going to be a week of blessing and not lack. It's going to be a week of healing and not sickness. And Father, we walk 
in a greater realm than we ever have walked. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, even this week that we'll, we'll know answers that we didn't know. This past week. That, Lord, we'll walk by the wisdom of God. We'll walk by the knowing. We'll walk by the unction. We'll walk by a knowing. It seemed good to me in the Holy Ghost we should do such and such. Thank you, Father, for imparting that to every spirit. Lord, that we'll not be head-led this week, but we'll be spirit-led. We'll not be led by what seemed right just in the natural, but what seemed good in our spirit. And Lord, that we'll be right in the right place at the right time, and that every person will be on course, on the right path. For the path of the just is as the shining light. And Lord, we shall shine more and more. And as we are staying on the path, we shall have it brighter and brighter. For when we get off the path, Lord, we know that's when things get dark. But as we stay on the path, Lord, I just pray for every person here, Lord, that they would be on the path like never before. And Lord, as they start to step aside, Lord, that you alert them. Alert us, Lord. Show us. Check us. Alert us. Lord, step away. But for eternity. Perfect. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there's something good about knowing. Knowing that you're in the right place at the right time. Amen. Because that's when things work for you. Amen. You know, you don't have to talk God into doing what he wants to do. If he wants to, you to do something, you don't have to beg him to, to meet the need. Lord, you know, I want you to, I want to do this, but Lord, I ask you to meet the need. No, you just follow what he wants you to do. And then he'll take care of the rest.